Minnesota basketball fans, welcome back to the Living in Loserville podcast. He's Aaron, I'm Chris, and we're here to talk some Timberwolves basketball now. My oh my, the uh, the sports, Minnesota sports can just play with your mind over and over again. Right about now, we should be like, hey, another three-game winning streak. All right, we bounce back. We, we have two opportunities to get into the playoffs. And then, well, all hell broke loose. And I'm not just talking about what happened on the sidelines with Slow-Mo and Rudy and their confrontation that we will discuss. I'm also talking about our guy, Jaden McDaniels, punching the wall breaking his hand out for the season, such a key contributor, and really coming into his own offensively this year. So a lot to kind of, you know, bite and chew uh, on this episode. Like I said, good news, we won three in a row, but uh, bad news, uh, and Rudy's not going to be in the game for the first game at Minneapolis. Or no, sorry, at, well, it's kind of Minneapolis because they took our shit at at L.A., how about that? Anyway, so we're going to break it all down, review what we think of the, the little wing streak. Once again, win three, lose three type thing. Um, just kind of go through it all. Of course, we're going to discuss that debacle, the uh, punch-push on the sidelines. We're not going to break down the dialogue besides really a, a one word that you could really make out. Um, but yeah, we're going to break it all down then preview, you know, what's next on Tuesday. You know, I guess we'll take a peek at a possible Friday game. Uh, if in fact we don't, uh, beat the Lakers, which, uh, you know, we are shorthanded now, so that's not a good look. Anyway, we'll get into it in just a second. If this is your first time listening to the Living in Loserville podcast, welcome. It streams live right here on blogtalkradio.com forward slash Ropadova radio. You don't have to go to Blog Talk and Rope and Rope a Dope Radio and, and you know download the show there. You can find it in a variety of places under the Rope a Dope Radio podcast platform: Apple Podcast, Amazon Music, iHeartRadio, Google Podcast, Player FM. Tune in. You can also find the Living and Loserville Spricker page, um, Spotify as well. Aaron uh, downloads or uploads the show there. However, you want to look at it. While you're at it, why don't you head on over to Sports News 24 and the Grueling Truth. And one more thing, get your TV together without the hassle of cable. Stream the best entertainment and sports, starting with 75 live channels, direct TV stream for a limited time. Save $120 over the first year with, with any package, as long as you buy the direct TV streaming device. There's no annual contracts, no hidden fees, plus learn how to get premier channels included for the first three months with qualifying packages. Sign up today, direct TV stream. Okay. My longtime friend here, Aaron, ah, boy, man, it's just, uh, <laughs> it's Minnesota sports, buddy. I don't know what else to say. Uh, hey, we hit 70 today. That's a positive. Yeah. We hit 70 today, and we got the 3-0, and Chris. We, we we wanted it. We didn't think we'd get it, but we got it. Uh, let me clear my throat here. <clears throat> and then uh, the push-punch, uh, the punch-push. Uh, somebody hit a wall. A one-sided punch. <laughs> a one-sided punch. Uh and now this Monty Python basketball franchise has got a ticket to play the guys we got rid of. Um, so, and then not to mention, you know, just off topic, you know, number one hockey team, you know, loses to Quinnipiac. Ten seconds into the OT. I've never seen that, but go yeah. ahead. So, you know. Hey, it's, hey, they so, won their first natty, so, you know, I'm happy for them. Oh, <laughs> uh, a heck of a Minnesota sports uh, weekend. Um, look, the Gobert thing, if that happened inside the locker room, nobody would know about it. It happened on the sideline. Um, push punch, you know, I don't think anybody likes to be called that name, but 
you know, such thing as composure and whatnot. And I know we're not breaking it down now, but the biggest takeaway is we might as well lead. We might as well lead with it. Um, nobody really knows what was said. There's some lip readers, like you said, Chris, and and all that stuff. And and I'm sure it'll come out in the wash in the off season or whatever. But obviously, it's inexcusable to do that. But you know. I guess in the heat of battles, things happen. I'm, I'm not going to knee jerk my way through that. Things happen. You know, I've seen some stuff in locker rooms, you know, it's, it's not the strangest thing. It, it's strange that it happened on the sideline, but I think the more important thing is that you lose your best defender and your, uh, ascending star and second, you know, probably second wing to ant on a really dumb thing hitting a wall uh, out of frustration. And I think you can explain what exactly was going on with McDaniels when he, that made him want to hit the wall. But I mean, just a sequence of events, Chris, that is completely Timberwolvish. And, (laughs) you know, were you surprised? I mean, yeah, I'm a little surprised, but really at the end, you're like, okay, you know, and it's one of those, you know. Yeah, I'm surprised at the double dip, I guess. You right. know, the juxtaposition <laughs> of it all, you know. And then you come back, you win the game, you play outstanding, you win the game. And now you three and zero, and we should be saying, all right, we're going in full steam ahead. Right. Uh, and instead, we are, like you said, depleted, and we get a tough matchup. And what looked like something that looked incredibly doable, what? Yeah. Thirty six hours ago. It's yeah. now like, what, what happened? It's just, uh, it's, it's shocking. And yet, you know, it's more of the same. Yeah, no doubt about it. This was, uh, <laughs> the, yeah, the whole lip reading thing, uh, you know, I, I think that's pretty stupid um, because we don't know what the hell, obviously there's some sort of, well, we know it was a defensive misresponsibility stuff because, Finch at least said that part of it. So you can kind of tell they were obviously arguing. And and we talked about this uh, off air right before we hit record that uh, there, there was something going on in the locker room as well. We don't know exactly. We've heard a bunch of different reports, but it is worth mentioning. Um, and you said this great quote where there's smoke, there's likely fire. And we saw the fire. Um, Dane Morris said, a player texted me. So is it okay that these guys are just making up these quotes? <laughs> you know, because they're saying, hey, why didn't you block that shot? Hey, why didn't you get a rebound? You know, that that type of dumb shit. And that's like, okay, dude, like, we don't need that. What we did here is something about a bitch. I'm, you're a bitch is what it, it, it – I don't think you have to be a professional lip reader to get that one, you know. Now, you see slow-mo pointing. I'm not saying he's pointing exactly towards the locker room. Or maybe he's pointing towards the court, like right there. What happened right there? That type of thing. Um, and I will say this, okay? I don't do the politics thing when it comes to uh, judging players or piling on players, right? I just don't, okay? And beyond politics, Rudy does seem like an asshole. I mean, okay, great. Who cares? I, I'm not. I'm not worried about that on the court, right? Um, and I say that because. I did see a lot of piling on extra stuff today where you're like, dude, that's actually not even true, man. What the fuck are you talking about? But that's – it is what it is. That just happens. But, yeah, the whole – I'm embarrassed. It's like you're not on the court, dude. What are you embarrassed for? Like maybe you shouldn't take sports that personal. Coming from someone that's been a lifetime Minnesota sports fan that I get emotional. I get passionate. I get angry. I get mad. But – I don't really get embarrassed. I gotta admit, at that embarrassed, like I said, mad, frustrated. Oh yeah, throw my team, you know, the hat at the TV. You know, I didn't. I don't throw TVs, but I do <laughs> throw a hat at a TV before. Okay, so I've, I've, you know, as you get older and you just get numb, right? As a Minnesota sports fan, that I never allow, especially with the Vikings, I never allow my mind to travel to the Super Bowl or the yeah. conference final or whatever. So I just – it doesn't affect me like it used to when I was a teenager, um, when I really believed, you know, mm-hmm. um, and, and whether I should have or not that year, you know. 
But uh, I did kind of find it funny. I think it was Chris Hines that had a story coming out about Kyle. And not, you know, especially in the Midwest and especially Minnesota, you know, a lot of people, you know, ran Jimmy out of the fucking town. Let's just be honest, right? That type of mentality, people don't like. They just don't hear. On average, I'd say more people than not. Let's put it that way. So I do think there was some over-the-top stuff. Um, when it came to that, but it is like, what the fuck, guys, keep it in the locker room. I think that's the key. But here's some funny stuff about Rudy uh, and Kyle's way of leading. And like I said, everybody leads a different way, and I do think you need um, somebody to be able to say some shit, like Pat Bev last year, right to their face, everybody, doesn't matter who it is, and that is a big thing that I think, why is Rudy untouchable with that, right? I think that's ridiculous for some people to be like, well, you can't do this, you can't do that. Well, okay, but he could say, what the fuck, dude, you know? Anyway, he says, this is a quote from the Star Trip, Kyle wants to win, and sometimes he's a little aggressive in the way he talks, but I don't take it personally. (laughs) He says, I receive it in a positive way because – it comes from a place of wanting me to be the best Rudy I can be and wanting us to win. I love his competitiveness, yada, yada, yada. So it is funny, though. I guarantee you, because remember, the only guy speaking up before that they said at least starters was D'Lo to Rudy, remember? And yeah. it was like, oh, you can't be mean to him, D'Lo, because, you know, there's other layers with D'Lo. If D'Lo would have called him that, they'd be like, oh, D'Lo deserved that. He should have punched him in the face. You know, that's what we would have Trade him. <laughs> yeah, try, you should have done. We should. He should have. He should have laid D-Law out. I wish he would have laid D-Law out. That's what we would have heard of. Um, because yeah, you, you, you know, calling a guy a bitch on the court, you probably should save that um, for the locker room, <laughs> or maybe just in a backyard, or we'll meet you at uh, Goat Hill, or you know, we'll, we'll meet you someplace. <laughs> text it. You could text it. <laughs> yeah, text it. You know, you probably should save that slow mo. Um, and he even said, you know, this isn't the first time that I'm. A teammate's tried to hit me and stuff like that. So I personally think you have to have guys on your court like that. I mean, we've seen it before. Draymond coming off a chip, their fourth championship, uh, you know, punched a dude in the face during practice, um, and he was going to follow up with that uh, if it wasn't for more. Um, We saw Jimmy Butler. Well, I know it's sacrilegious to say his name in this town, but – you know, him and his coach damn near went at it right on the court. And they went to the conference finals that year. And they are coming off like two years ago, the finals. So I don't get too bent out of shape about it. But, yeah, on the sidelines, that level. Um, but I did like KG's tweet. Nothing yeah, yeah. like a light scuffle. <laughs> he called it a light scuffle <laughs> to tighten up the screws before the playoffs. Let's fucking go. It's like, and that's where – you know, the thing is, KG kept it in the training room. What's up, Wally? Are, you want to go right here? You know, that type of stuff. Like, yeah. um, he was professional with his unprofessionalism, let's put it that way. Um, and I kind of scratched him as a player. Um, so I'm not, well, I don't clutch my purse at this. It sucks no. it happened. It's bullshit. Um, but then to turn around with McDaniels, and McDaniels picked up a second fall early in the game, and that is really the only thing – Keeping him off the court and holding him back, he's only 22. I really hope he gets control of it. But, um, you know, he, he fucking hit the goddamn wall, and there's just no excuse for that. He, now, there's a, you know, there's a story that he didn't think it was a wall. He thought it was a, there was some padding behind this apron. And, yeah, it is what it is. But especially your shooting hand, dude, at least do it on your left hand or something. I don't know. <laughs> But uh, yeah, man. Maybe we got to put up like a, uh, you know, like a little punching bag in the back for him or something. I don't know, but um, that's really the only thing holding him back is these falls keeping keeping him off the court. But unfortunately, he's done for the season. Yeah, it's that's the most alarming thing, and uh, just a dumb thing. You know, it's like a dumb. Yeah. thing that that happened and now you're put yourself in a great disadvantage and just going back to the the go bear deal chris you know if you kind of look at the the dynamics like you, you know i'm glad you brought up the delo situation with Gobert because nobody has a real handle on what that was exactly they didn't get along and maybe uh you know 
Russell Sounds like he was Nancy calling them out for not finishing bunnies, you know? Yeah, and, you know, so you got to think, well, this has been an ongoing thing throughout the season, and I can kind of see where maybe the, you know, the final half of the season, I guess it was before halftime, but the final game of the season when, you know, sure. people are probably going to end up going separate ways and, you know, just kind of it just kind of blew out, you know, and I don't know, you know, who's to blame here, who's rougher. I mean, I've been, you know, you – you work with some guys that, you know, you might not like, but you put up with them and right. that kind of thing. And, you know, I just don't think Gobert is a fit here uh, on a personal level. I, you know, we've always focused on what he can do on the court. and But obviously, if he's having this much trouble in the locker room and uh, rumors of him having a little trouble in Utah, um, yeah. you know, it's like, okay, well, I don't think he's probably a bad dude, just a bad fit, you know, and um, at least for this squad. and. In this state, you know, in if you think state. about it, in this city. Yeah. You know, I mean, on gonna, the court, too, I mean, there is the, him, you know, there is the thing that the Wolves were more productive with him off the court this season than on the court. I think it's some uh, analytic there that I heard. For uh, what, exactly? Uh, it was some sort of uh, plus-minus thing. I don't know. Right, exactly, but how but many possessions and stuff? Because I don't know. Defensively, that. That definitely was not the case. Yeah, I didn't. I just I didn't get the full grasp of the of the stat, but I just thought I'd throw that in. It's like, okay, well, you know, so we look at Gobert on the court and we say, this is what he offers. This is what he these these are his shortcomings. Um, he's obviously not the most fleet of foot, little or uncoordinated, but he's seven foot whatever. He's he wasn't brought here to, you know, run and transition. He was brought here to defend and uh rebound and, and he's done a decent job of that but on a personal level it just doesn't seem like he's a fit for the locker room um he's just whether it's he's in the right or everyone else is in the right doesn't really matter it just doesn't work out and it's sort of a detriment now you know it doesn't mean you can't utilize him while he's here still and, and i don't saying they're going to move him but i don't know what they're going to do and that'll be an interesting uh nugget for the off season. but you know obviously he's not playing against the lakers uh it's a wolves decision um, and that's, I think, I guess reasonable. I don't know. I mean, I feel yeah, like I'm, I'm on both sides. I mean, yeah, I don't really know. It it's a skiff, you know, I don't think it's worthy of not playing, but at the same time, the way right. this state is so, you know, parochial, I guess is a good word that, you know, I can see why they would do that. It's just kind of an optics thing, um, but it doesn't help your chances against the Lakers much. And, you know, especially without Nas. Without Nas, without Gobert, without McDaniel's, I mean, they're just gonna have to go in loosey goosey, and we'll talk about that at the end of, at the end when we do our previews. But I mean, it wasn't a good look, obviously. But was it, you know, Chicken Little, the sky's falling? No. But on the flip side of that, McDaniel's breaking his hand in the dumb move is kind of Chicken Little, the sky's falling, and you have to kind of have that piece. Like you know, Chris, we were watching him come up last year and saying, "Wow, he can really be an interesting piece here." Long, got to be in the starting lineup. Got to be in the starting lineup. And like this kid's ascending. We really like what we see, and he kind of, you know, you know, fulfilled all of our 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 wishes for him uh, in his play this year. And we're like, wow, he's really come on. He's like, you know, Batman to the Ants, Robin, and now we can pivot off trades. We've got two guys that we really like. They're young, and I'm not saying this is going to derail his career in any way, but. Uh, it is going to derail the rest of the season in a, in a certain sense, and uh, and that's not good. And it's another bonehead thing we can add on. The t- I mean, you can go down the list. Joe Smith. You know, Let's just I mean, hope they don't go any boat rides this summer. <laughs> Speaking of that, yeah, yeah it's, it's stay out of the water. Stay off the water. Him yeah. And him not being able to control what he's mad at. You know, I love yeah. the passion. I love his energy. I love all this shit, but. That's the only thing holding them back is the foul problems, you know. Yeah. And it you know, keeps I think that's, the court. that's something that can get cleaned up, I think, in time. He's still a young player, but Yeah. Yeah, so, inexcusable. I'm not gonna say you know, I can understand where you haul off and hit a wall. I I get that. Or hit what you think is a curtain and it turns out to be a wall. I get that. But you know, it is a dumb thing to do no matter what how you slice it. There's, you can't really say it's ever good to, to hit something. So, um, well, I suppose we it's get situations, it. but we yeah. get it. It's nonetheless. It's, I've it's, done it. Every, most people, most men yeah. have done it. 
yeah. stupid as it sounds, you know? Right. It comes with a lot of drywall work and, you know, doors and you scare the shit out of the cat and, you know, all it's that stuff. Like, but, now you got to ice in your knuckle. Like, why the fuck did I do that? Why in the yeah. fuck did I do that? <laughs> but what, like I said, we got the three and oh, and that really derails it. And, and, and it just takes the wind out of your sails for that because you should be coming in mm. full head of steam, ready to take the Lakers on. And now we have, we have to do it, uh, a lot of guys down and you know Nas has a legitimate injury Gobert won't play because of stupidity and uh, you can also say that about McDaniels and, and so that's you know that's par for the course with this franchise but we thought we had turned the corner on that and then it you know, just raises its ugly head again yeah um let's get on the court um just talking real quickly about that Brooklyn game um, that basically locked us into a playing spot. I mean, not technically, but when you looked at it, it, it did lock us in really at the time, not to the exact spot, but knowing we were going to be in it, uh, because you know, we had just gone on that three game losing streak, so a couple more, and you never know what would have happened there. Um, it was kind of interesting though. You know, the Nets in the last, in the fourth quarter, they went five out, and that's been, um, a legitimate thing in the playoffs that elite level teams generally, or at least super, you know, great or top level teams. I think people kind of forget that part where it's like, not everybody can just do this. It's happening in the second round against a really good team as well. Um, but they went five out on us and they played damn good defense. They got a, a lot of good role players around their star, which by the way, McDaniels made them shoot. 24 times on 26 points or something like that. So kudos to you in that game. We don't want to dump on you too much because we know you're fucking our, with, right there with our future. But once again, Finch last year, D'Angelo's struggling. It's clear in this, especially game six. Three out of those six games, he struggled. He wasn't afraid to go to J-Mac. He's, he's done this a couple times where he's left. You know, we've been able to take advantage of the big lineup to the small lineup when they've gone it. It had a couple of games where it's worked against us. I really like how he said, you know what, we're going to take the, – the, their lineup is killing us right now a little bit. We got we got it. We just got to say, fuck it. Let's exploit them if they're going to try to exploit us. Take Rudy off. I think it was the last four minutes or so and went with the smaller lineup, moved Cat to the to the center. Um, and even late, we went defense uh, – we went the best defensive unit too with uh, with – because their lineup was so small, we, we took Rudy and Cat out for that last possession or whatever. Anyway, um, they did make a nice adjustment because we're so used to, like, running to the paint instead of the three-point line, and that was killing us in the first half. So that was really good. Um, so that was really good, you know. And it shows kind of our versatility and depth as well. But Cat just exploited the smaller lineup, went to the rack, hit some clutch buckets, and uh, it was just a good road win there in Brooklyn, who they made the playoffs. They didn't need a plan, and, and they're a good squad. They they uh, have pivoted nicely considering, the you know, what they had in some of the, you know, situations that those players put them in. Um, they, that was a good win against Brooklyn. Yeah, I got caught with the mute button again. Um, yeah, I mean – I thought it was they were challenged, and that's what I liked. Uh, and they they stepped up to it. Um, of course, we had the complement of players that we're used to having. My dog's barking in the backyard. Um, and like you said, it, it was what you know because you didn't know what you're going to get, Chris. We were talking about inconsistency last week, and I thought it was good that they came out, and, and it seemed like there's some determination in them. Um, and they Nets obviously didn't ha- hand them the game. Dimwitty had a good game, and uh, he was kind of lighting it up. Uh, but I thought, you know, there were some foul issues, I thought, that weren't being called, and that was weird to me. Um, but, I mean, par for the course, they played through it, and they won. So I thought, overall, you know, that was a good sign. I didn't know what if it was going to be a sign of things to come or what it was going to be, but I thought it was a good win. And a road win at that, and it just seemed coming off of, the terrible loss to Portland uh, is what you wanted to see in that game. And I thought it really kind of put them back on track uh, for the final couple of games of the season. 
Yeah, definitely. Uh, I just, I really like that the coach is not afraid of feelings, and he's like, we got to do what we got to do. Sometimes he's really good at sticking with lineups that are just gelling. That's basketball. Keep it in for a couple more minutes. Um, so, yeah, I definitely, uh, you know, a lot of people will rip on, you know, the coach. And there's a couple things you can criticize for him or if you could say match or fit or whatever his offense and all that. But um, he's not afraid to call people out in a very productive way, too. I mean, after – when we play bad defense, he'll let everybody know, in the, even in the presser, you know. Um, now, the Spurs game, we – Pretty suspect early defensively. Uh, put up 80 points, gave up 68. They did get that separation um, at half, and then really, I mean, just went nuts in the four, in the second half. I should Conley five for seven from three. McDaniel's was four or five from three. Cat uh, was like 22 eight and eight in 20 minutes, and was hot early and in, in, in later. And it was nice to get the guys off. Um, the floor, too, late in that game, and they really broke it open. Um, and Ann had no turnovers in that game. Early on, he kind of was doing his off-ball defense, but other than that, he started hot right when he needed him. And, and like I said, I, I think it's the first game he's played this year without a turnover. And even one or two is not bad. That's just going to happen, especially when you have the ball in your hand. But he didn't have a turnover. That was pretty big. J-Mac, Prince, big off the bench. And, I mean, dude, even the Walker Alexander 4, 5, and 3, they shot the lights out, dude. Almost, they actually shot better. It was like 55.4 like or 6 from the field and like 55.8 from 3. And their assist turnover, that's why I brought up the turnovers too, uh, or lack thereof with, with Anthony, 42 to 7. That is, that was crazy. And, yeah, we're playing the Spurs and, yeah, they're not a great team this year, last few years now, but the way we started, I really liked how they weren't going to be like, you know what, um, you know, just showing up to play bad teams, how we've done it. We went over the record last week. So that that was cool that they got their shit together and then buried them to where we could rest our starters. Yeah, finally, finally, you know, you do what you should do to a, a, a bad team, and you know, obviously they shot the lights out and they ran away with that game, which, you know, it was more than you could ask for when you, a one point victory would have been fine, but to go ahead and go like that, then you start to think, okay, these guys, you know, they've, maybe they got embarrassed to get Portland and they're coming back and this is a thing. And they just, you know, like you said, Edwards played great. McDaniels played great. Everybody was playing well and clicking and, uh, it just seems, you know, like, okay, well, this is a very good squad now. Um, kind of getting their legs under them and, and ready to, you know, proceed. Um, obviously you're not going to shoot that well every night and, you know, you're not going to be turnover free every night and you're not going to, those aren't things that you can really say, you know, depend on, but to see it was nice. Um, especially against a team that, you know, is not very good and we've had trouble with that. And we went over that in great detail last show about the situation there. So it was good to see them uh, take care of business uh, against a team that they should take care of business against. And there's a lot on the line here. You're trying to get in the play in. And I think you're still in line for some kind of seed where you could get out of the play in at that point, but that's things happened. And um, so, yeah, I, I was impressed by it. I thought it was great. And it was good to see them kind of just turn that one out and, and ready to come home and, and, and play. Uh, who did they play last game? I so distracted by the rest of the, New Orleans. New Orleans, that's it. And we knew that was going to be – that was the one that we thought was going to be uh, kind of the linchpin here, how they played against them. And, um, you know, I thought the first half wasn't terrible, but they could have played better. And then and then things happened, and they managed to pull that one out. Chris, I'll let you go more in detail into it. But I thought, you know, coming off the Spurs and the Nets um, – you know, I thought you had a good chance against New Orleans, and if you could just keep that momentum going, uh, it would be a nice little springboard into whatever kind of postseason uh, you're bound to have. Yeah, and just to kind of reiterate, we did the uh, the record compared to last year against sub-500 teams, but this one is a combo this year. 
the Wolves are one of five teams to a positive record against 500 or, or better opponents and one of six teams that have a negative record against the under 500 teams. So just to put that even more in perspective, I saw that stat. I was like, yeah, that does. Um, and even in that Spurs game, number one in points, 151, uh, second 24 for three, second all-time, tied in assist, uh, second all-time, field goal all-time, and the turnover is like fifth best ever turnover ratio. I mean, that that, that was ridiculous, man. That, that was really fun. Um, and then, you know, I, I thought we played – Pretty mediocre to poor in the first half. Uh, we got down early twice uh, to um, by double digits. Then that fourth quarter came around, and uh, the Wolves are down, I think it was 85-83. Cat hit a three. Cat hit another three. And then Cat hit another three. And it was 92-87 with 10 minutes left. Uh, Pelican, you know, Pelicans were kind of – Keeping it close, small, short run kind of cut us down a little bit. Prince Prince has this knack for not just getting the rack, but the end ones, too. He can really just twist his body. But anyway, it was literally like three minutes later, <coughs> that little lead we had was tied up 95-95. Timberwolves uh, go up 103-102 with three, a little over three minutes left, and a great putback layup. Um he did – these free throws keep being a problem, and in this game, Ant was uh, having some issues there. Uh, along with Conley, who's normally a great free throw shooter, he missed one in the clutch. Well, actually, not all the way in the clutch, but pretty close to it the, the time before he went uh, to the line. And then Ant had this crazy weak side block uh, that he even jokes, you know, well, I was a little late to it, so I figured I'd use this athleticism to get up there. And it was like a great block to where he didn't just block it to block it and send it someplace. That's what was another thing about it. I mean, the defense he played, yes, the numbers were crazy, you know, for two of their stars, but especially the guy that they got, no Zion right now. And Ant, though, really tightened up the D down the stretch. Um, We had some bad turnovers, but there was a point where he blocked them they gave the ball to Ant. He goes down there, and I'm like, oh, don't take on the whole team, Ant. He passed. I was like, yes. But then he, there was a little uh, – there was a turnover there. But Conley tips the ball away from the guy, gets it back to Ant, and Ant ends ones. And he's – it was just – the place went nuts. Um, it, it was great, man. And uh, it got a little funky at the end. Uh, we stepped out of bounds with 15 seconds left up by three. That was a little funky, but um, it was just a great way to dig deep. And you can make the argument, like, if, if people were super embarrassed and clutching their purse about what happened on that bench, then you have to at least argue or debate. It's a debatable fact that it sparked us because it sure did. You know what I mean? We played with a lot more gusto in that one. Um, but, man, that, that was big, and, and we beat them now three times. And it's big because we got the eighth spot, Aaron, because you get two chances. Yeah, we got to go on the road, and yeah, we don't have Rudy, and we're not going to have uh, Nas or McDaniels. We'll get Rudy back. Um, and I want to say this. Rudy, I forgot to mention this. Rudy, more than just Dane Moore, someone else reported it too, that he saw Rudy trying to get into his uh, jer- you know, his, his, uh, his jersey, his, his outfit, his little outfit. And uh, – he, he was having problems because of his back spasms. A, he was real ginger just getting his uniform on. I did want to say that. Um, I forgot to mention that. Um, because, you know, he, he warmed up. I didn't think he was going to play. He did warm up, and he gave it a go. And so maybe that's what Kyle was saying. Then, dude, just get off the court then if you can't play. I don't know what that was about. But um, it was key because, you know, yeah, you get a road game. Yeah, it's not looking like a good matchup all of a sudden with, with the missing players, but at least you get a second chance, and it's a home game if you need it on Friday. Yeah, I mean, that's two chances are better than one, obviously. Um, and, you know, you said the spark, which I want to kind of focus on, because it did spark us in the second half now. you got to look at the squad, I think, uh, objectively and say, do you have the pieces that you can compete in 
uh, a game against the Lakers, a game against New Orleans, a game against the other guys we could possibly play. And then in a playoff series with the guys out with Nas is definitely out. Uh, McDaniels is definitely out and Rudy will probably come back, but you know, I don't know what they're, how they're going to try to integrate him after this. I'm sure they will, uh, if need be. Um, but you have two chances and you do have Gobert coming back. You're going to have to, I mean, this is Finch, man. He's going to have to come up with something. Obviously you have great scores in Ant and Cat. Um, and you know, Prince has stepped up, uh, guys are going to have to step up and, and take on roles that, you know, possibly weren't roles that they had all year. And, um, you know, would it be nice to have those guys? Absolutely. It's, you know, McDaniels is a huge loss and I don't know how you're going to deal with that. Probably with Prince, Chris, I would think that maybe combination of Noel, Prince and, and some other guys. Uh, I don't know about Noel if he's healthy. He hasn't been playing lately. Yeah. Well, that's another problem then. Um, well, well you're Alexander Walker is going to get more playing sure. time, and obviously Slomo will probably be in the lineup. And then you got the the kids in the in the G League more, and and the other kid, uh, God, he's playing well down there too. Forgot his name. Um, draft pick last last season. Yeah, I don't know if they're going to be on the playoff roster though. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, you're going to have to find pieces to come in and play. And you know, I don't think all is lost. I think there's a chance that you can go and 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 beat the Lakers. You can beat them. Um, you have to play well, and, you know, everybody's going to have to shoot well, and things are going to have to go your way. But that's not, you know, impossible. And then if you get to that second game, um, I think your chances are a little bit better of winning. But, you know, I, I just think you have to kind of retool everything in your brain and go, well, you don't have – you know, let's say McDaniels, you know, stepped on someone's foot, twisted an ankle, he's out, different story. I mean, still an injury, he's still out. Um so you can make of that what you will, but I don't think all is lost. If you have Ant and you have Cat, uh, and they're playing. Took turns last night too. It took it was turns a beautiful last night. thing to see. And you know, maybe that was, you know, some sort of, uh, cathartic thing that happened with Rudy and, and, uh, obviously not with McDaniels because I don't think he's any problem in the locker room. Maybe. I just think, yeah, right. you know, and also, you know, Anderson, I like, so far we've liked everything we've seen of him this season. Oh yeah. I'm willing to go to his side. Uh, when it comes to whatever he thinks yeah. he wants to lead this team in a direction. I think he's proven with his play and throughout the other 81 games of the season that uh, I think I take his word on most things uh, in the locker room and allow him to lead this team. And I think that's what's going to happen. And I think, you know, this will be a test for Finch to see how he can tool this together. And I don't think it's the beginning and the end. If he doesn't get this together, then, you know, he needs to take a ride. But I hear a lot of stuff, Chris. I'm hearing, you know, he's not a, he's not a head coach. He's a great assistant, that type of thing. And yeah, just slow down a little bit. It's, he's got a lot of new pieces this year, a lot of everything going on. Uh, you know, they made the trade. They got all this other stuff and it's like, you know, give him a, a second to breathe here. There's quite a bit going on with the in the locker room right now. Oh um, well, yeah, it is. You know, one of his go-to heavy hitters was out 53 games. People act right. like this shit didn't happen. Like, yeah, calm down a little bit. It's the second time we've gone back-to-back playoffs since 2003-2004. Right. I mean, that's a that's something, dude. We're not saying, hey, let's fucking get the yeah. parade ready, but hey, it's not the worst thing ever, is it? Yeah, you don't throw the baby out with the bathwater, you know. You you're in the you're in the play-in. You got a great you're the best position you could be in in the play-in. Obviously, if the Western Conference wasn't the gauntlet that it is, you know, you're above 500. That's a great thing. So there's a lot of positives to go along with a negative day. But, you know, you got some matchups, Chris, coming up that you know, the Lakers are going to come in. They think they I mean, they could come in real overconfident here. And, We've seen it. It happens. Yep. And this think they're going to run away with this thing. And I, I don't know, man. I mean, Ant seemed like he kind of came to life. And same with Carl. Um, and if they can continue to do that, that's a pretty formidable matchup there for anybody. Um, if those guys are on their game. And I don't care if LeBron's on the floor. And the Lakers, you know, you push them to a point, they're just as dysfunctional as we are. So don't think for a second that they I don't know this. All right, maybe that's an overstatement, but they're not as. Let me rephrase that. They're not as as. Uh, I guess they're not as functional as they yeah, might lead on. And they're on. still trying to figure out how to play together too with their new pieces. And right. they've been shit. Davis missed a lot of time this year. So I don't think they're in any way unbeatable. And if you go down there determined, 
and, and ready to and ready to win, which, you know, this team at times has shown. Um for halves here, quarters there. Um I just don't think it's out of the realm of possibility that you beat the Lakers and get yourself into the uh into a series right off the bat and not have to play that second game now. If you do have to play the second game, I still like our chances. Bottom line is all's not lost. A few players are lost. And uh I you know, I don't know if I have the here I the possibility is there because I just don't know if I have the faith in this team. And by this team I mean in Cat. And I'm pretty sure Ant's gonna bring whatever he has, but maybe he has an off shooting night. Nonetheless, I think you ha- you still have a team that can go and beat the Lakers. I just don't know if they're gonna come out with that mindset ready to play. I certainly hope they do because if they do, I think they get a good chance to win. But that's the thing that's kind of got you know uh, sticking in my craws. I just don't know how they're gonna come out uh if they're gonna come out flat like what do you i mean do you think they're gonna come out on fire you think they're gonna come out sort of you know dragging ass i just it's hard to tell with this squad i don't think they'll come out dragging ass um they may miss shots and be down but i don't think it'll be an energy issue here's why it's on the road and it's against a team with a winning record (laughs) so we're ready to fucking play on the road folks oh good team oh we're fucking ready you know um i think it is more of uh the talent thing, um, all of a sudden, too, you know. Now, the good thing is, relatively speaking, you know, Cat did make miss 53 games. So we did get a lot of mixture of lineups. So right now, you know, luckily we played Anderson in the starting role, in the point guard role, a variety of ways. If you look at uh, Alexander Walker, he's gotten a lot of runs since the trade. Thank goodness, because he's going to have to come off the bench, too, because we don't even know if Noel's going to play. He's been banged up, and he's missed the uh, tweet by Dane Moore, 16 and 19 games. Um, here's that sample size you were talking about, but it's kind of misleading. So better without Gobert, question mark. So 300 possessions is a decent amount. It's about three games. Um, in 300 possessions with Cat on the floor, but without Rudy, Nas, or Jaden, that's this stat, the Wolves are plus 9.5 per possession. But the thing about these analytics, you got to find out who they were playing. <laughs> you know, of course, this year it was probably a great team, right? Um, but then they say, then it goes on, too, with uh, Gobert Towns out, but Reed and McDaniels off, wait, on the floor. Okay, Rudy and Towns on. Reed and McDaniels off, which is what it will be at least in the second game of the playoff series. That's a minus six and a half, 264, so very close. And then this one was kind of silly because it's like the presumed lineup, which that makes sense. Uh, Conley, Edwards, Prince, Anderson, and Towns, that's probably what it will be. They're plus 34, but it's literally 26 possessions, you know what I mean? So it's, it's nothing to even look at. But the fact that we've had to mix and match things um, – a fair amount because, you know, people don't realize J-Mac was out for half the season or, or people miss some, you know, even Anderson missed, I think, 15, 18 games, and we know Prince missed 20-plus games. So long story short, which, you know, obviously my style, um, uh, after I go long, I'd like to say that. Um, you know, it's uh, – that helps a lot. That does help a lot. Now, there's a lot of motivation on their side as well. They've been playing great when they have their full roster, um, but they are figuring stuff out. It helps when you have LeBron and AD, uh, especially veterans of the game, especially LeBron, right? Because um, it's like, hey, man, give him the ball. We know D'Lo fits better there. People have been finally talking about Bando because he's in a big market, so I am happy for him there. I wouldn't doubt after a couple of years if he comes back. You never know. But, um, yeah, it's, it's tough, though. It opened at six and a half as far as uh, the Lakers' favorite. It's up to eight last time I checked, uh, eight and a half. Um, I don't love the matchup. Now, Ant did say that he remembers he had a bad game last game. So he's ready to fucking go, and I believe that. Uh, Anthony Davis got us for, like, 17 in the fourth quarter. That was that 24-2 to run, right? We played really good until we didn't. We were up by 10, down by 10, just like that. Now, the other two games, now given one was out 
without David, one was with. Um, you know, Ant played really good in those other two games. Uh, unfortunately, Rudy was like 22 and 21, uh, and like 17 and 18 in the two games he played, the other two games. So he was really lighting them up. Uh, but, you know, I just don't know if we have any, you know, enough bodies for Davis because now you're going to have to put Cat on Davis more than likely. And, and then there's no Rudy and there's no Nas to come in after, you know, so it's a little funky. Um, and then also you're going to have to burn out Ant in this game defensively. He's going to have to right away be against, uh, you know, the top line guys. He's going to have to go against LeBron. You know, he's going to be on D-Lo as well, but... He's going to have that, to play big minutes. Yeah, in, in both sides of the ball from Jump Street. We need him cued in right away, and we can't have him settling for threes. Uh, but that's that may be what they give a lot of them, to be honest with you. So he, he may have to be... He may have to take eight or ten threes, but I just don't really want his... Uh, ever since he came back, he has had this tendency to be like his first four to seven shots, like three to six of them are, are threes. Uh, but like I said, that might be, or, or just pass out of the double way earlier and just keep the ball moving. But I expect a, a big game from him. Cat, beyond that Portland foul problem games, he's played really good since he's come back. I think that's hasn't been really talked about. I think yeah. three out of the seven games he scored the clutch, or four out of the seven now, he scored some really clutch buckets down the stretch. Um, and we have a lot of experience from last year, Aaron, playing in him, you know, him being the center. So we're not lost, but God, it'd be nice to have Nas off the bench. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, so and Garza. I'm not it's Garza. that they're going to win this game. To be honest. It's got to be Garza, right? I mean, even if it's just for five fouls. I mean, you're going to sure, have to yeah. play him and see what he oh, can yeah, do. No, you know what right. I mean? I mean, I have a lot. I mean, I think he could really play scoring. well. Falls and scoring, yeah. Yeah. Just get what you can out of him. Let him burn his fouls. Uh, and then maybe he plays, you know, lights out in, in some way at least. He's a big guy. I mean, if you got to deal with Davis, obviously you're going to have to go to him. He's got a time to shine here if he takes advantage of it. Um, it could be a really good move for him in his career. Um, and then, like you said, but it's it's tough. I know what you're saying about the talent. And I'm, I'm not trying to sugarcoat that, but it's uh, you got to, you know, I like our high-end talent a little bit better, and it's, I know that's tough to say, but let me rephrase you that. Like I like our, our high-end talent better? I like our high-end talent on a good Davis night. Davis and LeBron? No, I'm saying Davis against Cat. That's the matchup high-end. High mm-hmm. And then LeBron and Ant. I got to say, man, I, I like their high-end talent way more. I'm uh, sorry. Well, you know. It's, it's been proven on the court for – like, you know, 18 yeah, years. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think I like. They got a chip together. Let me see. I like Cat at his best. And I'd rather take, I think I'd rather have, you know, this might be sacrilege. I know you're going to probably push back. But I think I'd rather have Ant at his best and Cat at his best right now than Davis and, and, an, and an old LeBron. I know LeBron is LeBron. Don't get me wrong. I know who he is. I'm not saying I don't know who he is. Uh, him at his best could be devastating, and, and I'll say talking about Davis. this year or the coming years because that's I'm talking about too. I'm talking about this coming game. No, um, I still wouldn't. I don't know. I just feel like maybe youth and energy. That's what I'm going with on this one. Youth and energy. So hopefully that that works out. But um, I'm just trying to. Well, put I'm not a saying they can't win the game. I'm just saying yeah. I still take those two this year. Yeah, and like I said. I mean, there's also this stupid revenge factor that you got with, like, Beasley, if he's going to take 29 threes, and Vando, <laughs> if he's going to overshoot, and, and if, you know, D'Lo has a off-shooting night or a good shooting night, it's, you know, there's he's a lot of... He's going to put him up. Either way, He's right? going to put him up. Him and Beasley to love their shots. I don't know, man. I Like, you know, I don't want to predict anything because I just don't know how they're come up, but I guess we're going to have to predict. I think the Wolves... I like the I like the plus number. I'm waiting to hit nine. Yeah, I think we're going to go small, though. I mean, odd, ironically enough, you know, um, because... Oh, well, we're going small, but yeah. we don't have a choice. When yeah. We started the season thinking we're going to be Twin Towers, and now we're running small lineups when it matters. For this um, game. Yeah. So, Next game, back to... But, uh, you know, I didn't think of the Luka factor until, you know, what, about three minutes ago, and I thought, well, you know, God, he's not, you could use him, I mean, at the very least, like I said, for five fouls. Um, My prediction. Well, and night two, 
night. Yep. He got some run, did got like three falls in two minutes, but he did get some run yesterday. Yeah. So I'm going to make a bold prediction here. I think the Wolves come in loosey goosey and, and we win this game. You know, on the on the road against a, a winning team, that's why I, I was saying I think they're going to come to play. It's just a matter of the shots fall in the first quarter. Um, I'm going to take the number, the plus number, but I do think they'll lose. Um, but you know, just because of that, the the three missing people. I actually do like our chances if we had Rudy and McDaniel's, even if we were missing, you know, Nas or something like that. Then it's like, oh, okay, whatever. But to not have literally a big, because you know, guards is guards. Like you said, fouls and he'll get points. That's for sure. He can get points or at least make it work. Uh, you know, to guard him a little bit. Mm-hmm. And I agree. I think we will go with him. But I just, I, I just, man, I don't know who's going to guard Davis and. I can just see early foul problems, and then if it's not foul problems, then Katz is, like, having his hands up and, not, you know, trying to make sure he stays on the court, which is probably right. what he's going to be told to do. But if you're doing that, I mean, we're, we're going to have to crash hard. I think we're going to probably just crash on Davis and just see if they can hit threes. You know? Yeah, this is what I kind of say. I think it's like the Alamo here. You know, I think it's, you know, everybody's been talking shit sure, about yeah. us for the last four days. Yeah. You know, and, and they, happens, come out, they come out, they come out pissed. And, you know, I'm not saying they're going to, you know. Yeah, and they won't be able to carry that onto a series. Don't me wrong. Like, this is it. This is the Alamo. This is the game. So I think they're going to beat the Lakers, but that's going to be their last, their last, uh, their last stand. And, um, you know, and I think it makes sense. You know, I think that they're a little pissed off and everybody's talking shit. At least they should be. True. Yeah. And I think they're going to come out energized and find a squeak, find a way to squeak out a win here. And then, you know, we'll talk about what's after that, but, um, that's my prediction. I'm, and I'm sticking with it. I think we win. I'm not going to say about how much could be one point, could be six points, could be 20 points. I just think that they win this game. Sure. Um, and then if we don't, we, we, we play, so we play Tuesday. I think the tip is 9.15 our time on tomorrow. And then if we don't, if we don't win, we're playing, um, Friday. So winning this game, just like last year, of course, we had the home court in the hell, but and they didn't have Kawhi Leonard. <laughs> um, you know that that's such a it's a small thing, but when you get four days off to not play a game and to practice and know you're going to play Memphis, that fucking helps so so much, man. It really does. Um, but we play Friday uh, if we lose. Now it's a home game against New Orleans. Or OKC, and I gotta say I'm cheering for OKC because I don't. We played we play them three times, and I don't know if we can beat them a fourth freaking time, man. I don't know if we can beat New Orleans a fourth time. It, it's asking a lot. It's kind of like when we beat the Bears twice in the playoffs that beat us, you know. I, and I know that stat doesn't hold up crazy as much as people like to say, because I've been hearing it since I was a kid. It's hard to beat a team three times, you know. Well, shit, I don't know, man. You know what I mean? I'm not sure. Ingram went off on us. Um, but, yeah, uh, I guess I'd probably want to play the least experienced team, uh, OKC, you know, probably. And they're, yeah. they're worse at defense. <laughs> yeah, but we haven't had great luck against them this season, if I remember correctly. I don't know what our record is against OKC but I quickly could look that up. Um, but you're right. I think the experience factor is it. And beating a team four times, uh, yeah, I don't like it. And I'm glad you brought up the ghosts of Viking past. <laughs> uh, I don't remember what season that was, but you lost. It's like 92. Yeah, yeah that's, a, that's, a, that's a fun one. Um, yeah, so <laughs> – you know, beating a team four times, that's tough. And I, I don't want to see them again. They, they, you know, we had a good game against them, barely beat them the other day. And, uh, we so had, we were three and one this year. Three and one against OKC? Yep. Okay, let's bring on OKC then. I, I think you're right. I, uh, that's a, yeah, let's go for them because I think that's the inexperience. They're a young team. Uh, it's kind of saying the same thing. And then, you know, we, we beat them. So, you know, we've had different lineups, like you said, all year. Uh, so this is juggling pieces and spinning plates is, you know, 
you look at the like the United States president after their term, that's Finch after this season. <laughs> it's just like he's gonna be gray, like look like he's eighty five years old. Um but yeah, I, I mean let's go for a OKC there if we have to play them. And then I don't then we get we'll be Memphis. playing Sunday. Yeah, Sunday. We'll be playing Sunday regardless. If we win the first game it's Memphis. If we win the second game, um then then we'd uh we don't if we lose Denver tomorrow, then we play Denver. Yep. Oof. Yeah, that's now you really want Memphis, right? Because you don't have the bigs to yeah. go against Jokic. So yeah, because yeah. either way, it's it's Murray or, or you know Cha that McDaniel's would be on that he won't be on. So I mean, either way, you're you know you're, you got some problems there. But the fact that they have outside inside stuff with Jokic and he runs the offense and all that, yeah, yeah. I, 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 either one's going to be tough now without McDaniel's and uh, yeah, you know Nas and stuff, but. You know, we will get we will get Rudy back as long as his back's calmed down. It should be by Friday. Uh, you know, soon. Josh Minot, that was the name I was trying to remember. Yeah, and he is on the roster. I just don't know if he's on the playoff roster. Hmm. Yeah. But you're I mean, right. So- hey, why not? That's a good call. That's a good call. Yeah. Long lanky dude can, you know, rebound and not afraid to mix it up. And Wendell Moore, I mean, like you said, we don't know if they're on the playoff roster, but someone's got to come and pick up some slack. McDaniel's obviously not going to be one person. but I, I really think, think Alexander Walker is going to be that guy. Before. I think that's a huge part of it, yeah. And he's been playing well. I've liked what I've seen from him yeah. um, in the last few games. Hustle, man. Hustle, hustle, hustle. When he hits those threes, he's a guy that I want on the team. Yeah, and maybe we get a new a new piece that arises out of this, you know, a silver lining. You get all these guys yeah. down. Maybe someone arises, whether it's Garza or it's – Minot or it's uh, true, Prince yeah. or it's somebody else, maybe another piece that can maybe make someone else a little more expendable or you start to move your roster around. Nonetheless, we're entering the part of the season where you learn about what you have and what you don't. And you know, that's a good way to know, I guess. I mean, it sucks that we know what we don't have right now. Yeah. We're clear <laughs> yeah, on that's that. Cleared up, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I, I, no, I you're think right. Be, no, it's true. I think we beat the Lakers and I hope so because, you know, if we don't, uh, and we have to go on and play uh, one of those two teams, um, you know, that's just another, you know, I think we got to use the adrenaline and for, you know, whatever happened the last game and uh, yeah. use that to beat the team in front of you. And, and that's the Lakers. And let's, because I don't think there's going to be a lot of adrenaline in that second game. And I think you need to take care of business against LA. And it does line up with this season. And it does line up with what can happen in the NBA sometimes where you're just like, all right, like subconsciously in the back of your head, you're like, dude, they don't have these three. Yeah, dude, we're, we're going to be okay. You know, we just got to do this. This will be fine. You know, it just happens. Now it usually happens randomly throughout the season, but um, I mean, we beat the Knicks on the road without cat um, in it, you know? So, I mean, it, it, it just happens. Now we shot, the lights out, but I like I like the angle, and it lines up with that. It does line up with this season, where right when you don't think they're gonna do something, then they fucking do it. So I hope you're right. Um, uh, you know, if we lose these two games, I, I gotta admit I'm not gonna put this crazy emphasis on it because traditionally, you know, we are the A spot. We would have been in the playoffs. But I do love the playing system just because it really makes the last month exciting and it really uh, hampers people from wanting to tank. Any last words, sir? Uh, no, I think we covered a lot on this show. There was a lot to cover. Um, <laughs> let's just hope, you know, like I said, we, you know, the angle is the angle. I, the more we talk about it, the less confident I get, just because our calls well, for the season. Angle. No, really but our isn't. calls for the season haven't been exactly spot on either. And it's like, well, when you and I both go, yeah, that could happen. You know, it's like Purdue, the Purdue loss. You know, it's like uh, with the Gophers, and it's like, come on, man. You know. Uh, well, yeah, yeah. You know, so it's Minnesota. I'm just going through a Minnesota sports rant right, here yeah, at this it's point. It's like, yeah, at this point. But nonetheless, uh, follow the show. Uh, Living in Loserville on Spricker, Spotify, iHeartRadio, everywhere you get your podcasts, Apple, iTunes, all that good stuff. Chris Station, Rope a Dope Radio, a lot of good shows there. College Ball Show, I guess, is wrapped up for the year now. 
that the national champion has been named, but nonetheless, a lot of NBA good boxing, playoffs coming NBA up. Playoffs coming up and good boxing content year round. And uh, let's just uh, beat LA. That's what I'm all about right now. And uh, fingers crossed, knock on wood, all the good stuff that comes along with our there we go. Yeah, they did have a chant, beat L.A. That's such a Minnesota thing, too. I know it's Boston, but they were chanting, beat L.A. at the end. But they had to wait till like, four seconds left because of the way we struck it out. All right, let's hope we're talking about – we're recapping game one um, from a series uh, come Monday. Uh, we'll be back maybe – you know, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. Maybe if we do win on Tuesday, we can sneak a show in before – the first game. We'll be back either way for sure by Monday. Peace.